Welcome to CruxCast. Whether you're in your car, at work, or at home, we hope you enjoy this interview. And if you do, you can find more like it on cruxinvestor.com. So please subscribe. Hi, my name is Paul Hewitt. I'm the chairman and CEO of Corora Resources. Corora Resources is a gold company uh, predominantly focused in Western Australia today. Last year was our maiden year of gold production with our own mill. And we produced 100,000 ounces of gold last year. Uh, we've recently put out a press release where we're going to be growing that production, and I'm looking forward to talking about it today. Well, g'day, Paul. How are you? Hey, Matt. <laughs> have, have, you got, have you got any local lingo that you've learned? I'm certainly a Canadian in Australia, kind of a fish out of water here, but uh, enjoying the climate, enjoying the people. It's been a wonderful move and a great transition for myself and my family. Thanks for asking. Hey, well, well t- tell me about that, you know, because it's, it's a big deal. I know you've done it before, moved the family to where you're working, but was it, could you have managed it? Now you're there, you know, and you're looking at it. Could you have managed it from back home? Did you need to move? Yeah, look, um, truthfully, I've got, I'm very blessed with an amazing team here. Um, the team here led by Graham and others here is a spectacular team. However, uh, there's absolutely no doubt people are getting stretched here. Uh, it's very, very obvious. Uh, having me come here supporting Graham and the rest of the team was essential. It would have been impossible to do this uh, from overseas. Uh, look, I know that a lot of people, their technology is great, Skype's great. You could never, ever, ever replace the value of having a face-to-face meeting or going underground and speaking to the miners or being on site at the plant, uh, looking at the drill core. Um, you can't replace that. Uh, going underground, being next to the action is where it matters the most. And, and you said it. Look, when I became president and CEO of Quandex, I was living in Canada. Uh, I called my wife and I said, look, um, well, I didn't call her. I met the we had a dinner and we said, look, we're moving to the U.S. We're going to the United States to live in Nevada to be close to the operations. And, and it worked. It was a very successful plan. And the same thing happens here. It's really important to be next to the operations, uh, where the rubber hits the road and, and where all the action is. We're spending all our money here. Uh, it's important that I'm here. All our production comes from here. Uh, and as I mentioned, uh, we've got a great team, but they're getting stretched here. And it's time to give them the help that was required. We, we did a lot of corporate work last year. As you know, we talked about it on numerous of your calls with respect to the royalty stuff we did, the name change, the share consolidation. Um, there was just so many things we did from a corporate standpoint last year that needed to get done that were, that were better done while I was in North America. Now with this growth strategy that we've put together, it really is the attention is going to be on us, on our operations and making sure once again, we, we do what we say we're going to do and we deliver. Well, let's, we'll talk about the growth plan in a second. That's what everyone wants to talk about because it was some pretty meaningful and chunky numbers in there, but it got me to thinking, it got me to thinking, Paul, we met 2019, September, 2019 in Canada, right? And it got so I, what I like about growth plans is the, the numbers look good, but you got to deliver it, right? So I wanted to look back and go, hey, is this team capable of delivering that? What what have they shown me for me to believe that they're going to be capable of delivering that? And I, I look back to 2019, and I remember what 
well, we, we talked about some of the numbers and the position you found yourself in, and it might be worth reminding people because it's very different story today, let alone what the growth plan hopes to be. Yeah, look, you're you're testing my memory here. I can't remember what I had for breakfast, and you're asking me what I <laughs> talked to you about in 2019 here. I can remind you. But no, I do recall that discussion, actually. I remember it well, actually. Um, and look, let's 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 just think back and reflect of what's been accomplished here. There's been seven quarters in a row where we've met our guidance on on production and cost. That's not luck. Let's face it, we're in a tough industry. The gold sector or the mining sector, it's, it's a challenging environment. Uh, it's not luck that we were able to achieve those things. And um, look, just based, just thinking back to that that time that you and I met back in 2019. There were some real specific objectives that we had there. Um, thinking back, even the board of directors, Matt, I remember you and I talking about, look, what are you going to do about the board? We've made changes to the board. And we went a step further and said, look, what about the shareholders? Uh, who's running this company? It's the shareholders, our shareholders. We work for our shareholders. Uh, today, more than 60% of our shareholders are institutions. So when you think back of all those things we did, the shareholders have changed, the board has changed, the executive team have changed. Uh, I've relocated here near the operations. We've delivered on, on all those metrics we said on production, on delivering with the royalties. We said we'd focus on four things as we're continually growing the production and sustaining that production. We'd focus on four things to reduce costs with royalties, GNA, uh, productivity rates, people. We, we've delivered on those things. So there's no doubt um, one of the greatest rewards I get is I walk into a meeting with a fund or someone and they'll have last year's presentation. They'll put it side by side. And, I, and this has happened to me numerous times. They'll put them side by side. They'll say, this is what you said to me 12 months ago, Paul Hewitt. This is what you're saying to me today. And the thing that I respect about you and your team is the fact that you've done what you said you'd do. And, and that gives us a lot of credibility and the credibility we're going to need for people as we look onto this growth board. Uh, absolutely, absolutely. But here's the, here's the thing I remember about that time was like, your cash position was quite precarious. It was more precarious <laughs> than I think the market appreciated. Come on, cash. Is that, do, do you remember? Oh God, are you trying to, Jerry Seinfeld here? Am I talking to Jerry Seinfeld? This is a joke. I remember walking in. I remember doing the quarterly call, telling people we have, uh, where our cash was in June, June 30th of 2019. Ah, oh, look, we ended Q1 with just under that $80 million. You know, we're a $500 million company today, market cap with $80 million in cash. So, you know, I forgot to mention the cash. It's so important. I talked about the production. I talked about costs. I failed to remember the cash. Yeah, um, so it's, it's, what, it's what public companies I, I do. I thought you were kind of cracking one of your, your smart-ass <laughs> jokes or something. <laughs> Always. Well, look, you know, I think just it's really important for me sort of looking back, okay, because, you know, to buy into this growth plan, like I said, I've got to buy into the team. You, I've known you a long time. I've given you a hard time along that path, you know, when you were trying to deliver stuff, but you consistently delivered that stuff. So I'll, I'll give you that. But the, for me... The cash is important because public companies sometimes forget about it. Oh, we'll just go to the market and we'll dilute shareholders and we'll raise some cash. It'll be fine. It's it's easy to go and get some money for us. It'll be expensive, but we can get we can do it. Private companies don't have that luxury, so you know it's it's a it's harder to go and raise money when you're sitting 
with nothing to show the bank or nothing to show a lender. And you guys were in a tough spot. So um, what was the most important thing you did during that turnaround phase? What, what, what do you look back and go, what was the most important decision that you made during that turnaround phase? Yeah, look, there's no doubt the acquisition of the Higginsville Mill followed right right thereafter by that financing that we did. Um, that bought deal that was led by Haywood, uh, that changed the company forever. It set us on a path um, to start producing and doing what we do best, which is pour Dore bars safely uh, and consistently and doing it consistently. Consistently is, is not easy. Um, doing 25,000 ounces each quarter consistently. I, I remember saying it a year ago, I said, it'll almost become boring, but at the end of the day, boring and making money, they're, they're great things to have in one sentence, but it's not easy to always be able to consistently deliver 25,000 ounces, overcoming everything we had faced. We've been, we were faced with all kinds of challenges early on throughout the year with respect to COVID. We, we know others are facing it as well. We get it. Uh, I was dealing with it at midnight the other night, right here in our office um, when the premier shut down the state again, uh, but we had torrential rains, we had forest fires. Uh, there was all kinds of things that we've gone through, but we persisted. We never gave up. And we always met our guidance despite those, those challenges. So. Um, is that, yeah. So is that consistency message for the people who keep asking about Father's Day vein? Is that what you're saying? Because, you know, there's some, there's, some, there's some people out there who are much better miners than you. They're saying, get after the, the Father's Day vein, Paul. It's simple. <laughs> yeah, look, Father's Day was a game changer for us and our shareholders. It allowed us to survive. It allowed us a next generation breath here. We're talking about doing 105 to 115,000 ounces this year. Last year we did 100. There's no, you're not going to find three Father's Days in one year. Now you're going to get some coarse gold. There's no doubt. There's more coarse gold in this operation. There's absolutely no doubt. We're mining it differently. We're not mining it. We're not trying to just target just coarse gold pods. You encounter those. If we're going to 200,000 ounces, we have to be able to consistently get gold from other sources. We have to. And this is what we're saying. We're saying, look, we recognize that there's going to be more coarse gold. In fact, we've discovered more coarse gold. It's part of our 100,000 ounces. It's included now. We don't put any in our plans because it's more challenging to predict it precisely. Um, but we're learning more and more about it now. To build a company on a Father's Day story, it's, it's, look, it's almost impossible, man. I'm just going to be honest here. Um, how do you just try to target these, these intercepts? Will I find four pods that each have 1,000, 1,500 ounces that are all going to help contribute to the overall success? More than likely, yes. More than likely, yes. And this is what shareholders and the institutions were demanding of us. Prove to us there's some consistency. You know, I was always asked, why is it that there's no institutions in this? How come they're not there? People continually were, were asking, why can't you get an institution in that zone? Well, guess why? Because they're not going to invest on a single one-hit story. 
They're not going to roll the dice and say, I'm betting on him finding another one of them. What they're betting on is this team to successfully consistently deliver. If we won't do that for them, they won't be at the table with us. And we need them at the table. We need them at the table with us and we need even more of them. And we're attracting them. They're coming. Um, So look, I I never shy away from the Father's Day, but I recognize what it is and what it, it can do. It can add a lot of cash flow. It can help us um, in, in that growth plan, Matt. We don't have three or four of them targeted. So if we hit one or two of them along the way, they're going to be a blessing again. Okay. The institutions were around 5% when you came aboard. They're now 55 60% of your share registry? Very close to that now. Yeah. So what, Very what, what does that do for you? Why, why, why is it important for companies of a certain size to have institutional versus what you had before, which is you know a, a lot of enthusiastic retail? Well, look, institutions take a position and they take it for a much longer time frame, right? Normal. Actually, let me let me look. There are some look. We've got some great retail shareholders. Don't get me wrong. I would never ever interview ever anywhere in my life and say we don't have great retail shareholders because we do. We have some of the greatest retail shareholders. Um, but the institutions, when they buy our stock, they're going to be part of a financing like they were, or they're going to be in here holding the story. They'll tell you right up front, I'm long. I, I believe in gold, and I know what your, your team can do. I'm here five to seven years. That's, that's an important, important part of our growth. Um, it's really critical that we have a lot of support. When things get a little rougher, if gold prices drop, more often than not, you're going to see institutions buying in more stock as the share price drop rather than selling it all off and saying, oh, they didn't find a Father's Day last quarter. They're saying, oh, look, he consistently delivered his production. Uh, they did exactly what they said they were going to do. I'm going to keep on believing him because he's given me no other reason to doubt him. In fact, he's given me more confirmation, re- reconfirming that they're going to do what they said they do. So having them is very, very critical. Yeah. Okay. Look, I, I, I just thought it was important to for people to just think think about the importance of, of institution because a lot of retail are going, oh, the, the company's forgetting about us. They're, they're, we're not as important anymore. But it's about getting the balance right. But, yeah. No, I got to stop you there. That's not true. That's simply not true. And we're doing our best to address and always respond to retail. If people are feeling that way, I'm sorry. I'll be the first to say I apologize for it. But rest assured, we are working very hard for you as much as the institutions. That's why we're doing the crux interviews. That's why we've engaged six. That's why we're doing more press releases. We're, we're doing a lot here to make sure we're reaching out. I, I, I'd hate for people to think, well, we're being ignored. It's simply, it's simply not the case. And look, I, I follow a lot of other gold companies. Um, we go out of our way to make sure that we're communicating um, more often than many others, many of our peers. Okay. That for me, we talked a little bit there about the turnaround phase. I always talked about you as doing a turnaround job during that phase. It was that kind of 2020 is turnaround time. 2021, you're doing a bunch of different things. It seems like you're setting yourself up for success. It's been, do you know what I mean? It's like you're not, you're not um, going all out on you know one or two areas. You, you've got a lot of moving parts. 
which I guess feed into some, well, a lot of which feed into the growth plan, because there's a few things you've excluded um, from the growth plan, I noticed, and I'd like to talk about that. So 2021 for you, how did, how did you picture that in your mind in terms of what you needed to do? Because you were under a lot of pressure from the market. You know, you, people were, like I said, you know, so jokingly said, people have got lots of advice for you about how to go about this, but what did you think was important? Uh, look, you're not wrong in saying there's a lot of moving parts, but I want to drive home something it's not complicated. It's a simple story here. This is not a complicated story. We have a single mill. We have Beta Hunt. We're growing Beta Hunt. Look, when we took over Beta Hunt, we were mining. We would stretch ourselves. And I'm telling you, it took us everything we could get, every ounce of energy we could get to get 37,000 tons out of that ramp. We, we would do anything to try to achieve that 37,000 tons. We consistently, today, get 80,000 tons out of that round. Two years later, this is the same infrastructure with a different team, newer equipment, cleaner burning, by the way, um, less greenhouse gas emissions. Uh, we've got a newer fleet. We're doing, we consistently get 80,000 tons a month out of that same infrastructure. So, when I hear you say, look, it's, you got a lot of moving balls, and I just want to re, reaffirm that it's, it's not complicated. Um, I've, I've, I've often said this story here. I, I ran a mine in Nevada uh, from 2000 to 2007. I was mine manager. One operation was doing 200,000 ounces a year consistently. When you have five mines to generate that same amount, it's a lot more challenging. So in our case, we've got Beta Hunt, and then we've got the Higginsville complex. So it's really not a complicated story. The thing about our organic growth that's really, really something that people have got to understand is self-funded, Matt. Look, we, we, last year was our first year. You heard me say so many times, it's a first resource reserve. It's the first guidance. It's the first time we deliver 100,000 ounces. It was the first for so many things. We're in our second year we're already talking about increasing production to a range of 185 to 205,000 ounces, fully funded from ourselves here. Fully funded, self-funded here. We've got $80 million in cash and the future generation of revenue from our cash funds that growth. There's really, and, and I'm going to simplify this, there's really three things to take away here, Matt, on that growth fund. There's a new rep. We need a new ramp. I just told you we're getting 80,000 tons out of the single ramp right now. We put in a new ramp. We should mathematically double that. Get, uh, we can go from 80 and double that uh, with that second ramp. Uh, that's, that's one. The second, and that's, by the way, it's around $45 million, 45 to $50 million, the ramp. The new ramp is very, very critical at Beta Hunt, doubling our through our production through. The second one is the mill. We need a mill to, to process those added tons. We have a mill. We're increasing our mill this year in phase one to 1.6 million tons per year. The sec that, that second part of the puzzle is to grow the beta, or sorry, the Higginsville plant to 2.5 million tons. And that's again, another 45 to $50 million. In order to do this, we're gonna need some new equipment. And that's where we get another 10 to $12 million. So you think about everything we have going on, 
when we stage it up, and it was intentionally done that, and I'm going to read it off here, so I, I give you the exact numbers. 2021, we're going 105, 115,000 ounces. That, that's embedded in my head. Next year, 120, 240,000 ounces. 2023, we step up 150 to 170,000 ounces. On to that big year of 2024, 185 to 205,000 ounces. It isn't one big cliff. It's step by step by step by step. It's approximately a 20% growth year over year over year um, as we continue. And while we're going to be driving down that decline, we're going to open ourselves up to extra headings here. So we're going to be adding that extra ore and putting the best grades ore into the plant until our plant is at that, that newer capacity. So as complicated as you might think it is, it really is not a complicated story. It really is a simple story. It's about beta hunt going on and on and on. And, and now after 40 years of being a nickel mine, it's, it's actually doing phenomenal as a gold deposit. Okay, so, so let me just ask you about this, Paul, because the, the, the okay, so you, you've explained the things that you're looking at this year in terms of the setup. You haven't talked about drilling much here because, and it may be part of the answer to this next question I'm giving you, which is, to do a growth plan and map out the next three, three and a half years with, and, and you put guidance out because and people can hold you accountable to that, right? So you, there, I guess, is it going to be declining levels of certainty about delivering? So if you, you know, talking about 185 to 205 answers, we're, you know, three years out, how, do, how can you deliver that? How can you know that you're going to deliver that? Yeah, so look, we have a resource and reserve that we put out last year. We put out the maiden resource and reserve in December of 2020. And, and it's going to, that resource and reserve is going to deliver this plan. Now, now, here's an important part that, that's omitted. This plan is based off that resource and reserve. There are a lot of opportunities that didn't exist in that resource and reserve. And, and look, we, we talked about that. Look, that resource and reserve excluded the new Larkin zone discovery. So, we're going to be able to accelerate that and put that into this plan. That plan is based off resource and reserves. So that wasn't included in that one. So there's several other things that were excluded that I want to talk about. There's like five. Um, the nickel upside. We have had some tremendous, tremendous nickel discoveries here. The 30C, the 50C. We're talking in excess of 11% nickel. We have realized to date already, we have seen savings anywhere from 35 all the way up to $45 per ounce. Just think about that. $35 to $45 per ounce in a quarter based off of nickel credits at 2.9% nickel. That's been the average grade of the nickel we've had. And remember, when we do our nickel, it's really simple. We create a lot of 3,000 tons. We ship it away. We get paid for it. It does not interrupt our gold. We have a certain crew mining with air lakes down there. God bless them. They're doing a great job. Uh, once that lot is generated, it gets sent off and, and we get paid for it. It's almost the same amount of effort and money that we spent for the royalties. When we, that $45 an ounce is similar to what our Mavericks royalty, that 37% that cut we did, it was around that $42, $45 an ounce. And when you apply that ounce on 200,000 ounces, you're talking about $8.4 million in savings here. So all these things that we've done really are setting ourselves up to get this thing delivered. So it is really based off of the plan. 
Now, there's a couple other things that are excluded. One that's tremendous and really big to me is if you look at the guidance that we put out for the next four years, and it includes 21, by the way, 21, 22, 23, 24, there's $80 million of spending. $80 million, man. Just think about that. That's a big number for us in our show, all funded from our operations, all self-funded. We're not raising money to go spend this money to accelerate it. We have the money. We're going to generate the money, $80 million in drilling. So can you imagine the amount of success? Well, let's, let's not talk about imagining. Let's talk about actuals. In 2020, we had three new discoveries from $15 million drill program. So we're talking 21, 22, 23, 24, $80 million. In 2020, Corora and our shareholders got to realize the Larkin Zone, brand new discovery. We're drilling the heck out of it now. We want it in the plant. It wasn't even in the resource and reserve last year. Um, it was another gold discovery, the footwall zone of the Western flanks and a nickel discovery. So there was three new discoveries. You know, I've been in mining 34 years now. You, you go out and you hear people, I've got great targets. I've got great things for the $10 million drill program. I got, we have three new discoveries that we had last year. That's impressive. This year, we've got Lake Cowan. We're following up on that. We've got a group doing a big study on that for us. Because we're stretched right now. Look, let's face it. Uh, we want to know what that district can do. There's a tremendous amount of exploration upside in that district. Um, but that, that drill bit, that $80 million, there is no, no upside from it included in the three-year growth plan, that base case. Nothing. So um, I, I'd say that that's a tremendous amount of opportunity. In fact, look, I'll just... I'll just open up here. Um, it's why even I was buying in the open market. As soon as we announced this thing, that. we came out of blackout. I saw uh, that. Right away. Yeah, we came out of blackout. And I called my wife and I said, look, um, we, 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 need to, we need to invest here. Look, it's, it's the right time. It's the growth plan. This, this thing will do better. I promise you. I, just trust me on this. So we ended up buying two days in a row, again, supporting this at these levels. So. Anyhow, I, I know I get pretty excited, but you can't help but think about, look, we had three new discoveries last year. We're following up on them. We're drilling $80 million, all self-funded. We're putting together a growth plan that's going to be 200,000 ounces a year, scaling up as we're driving down costs. And look, we have been successful in getting costs from $1,200, $1,300 an ounce down to that $1,000 range. We're sitting right about that $1,000, $1,040 range, which is a great range to be in, by the way. Um, and we're talking about driving it down to nine hundred dollars an ounce. Right, and and sorry, just just on 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 the growth plan there. You're what we're talking about, not just producing twice as many ounces, but twice as much cash flow. Is that is that right? Well, that's that's the math. It's that simple. Well, no, this, this, it sounds like a simple question, but but here, there's there's two points to make here. One, a lot of companies that produce cash then go and chuck it back in the ground again, right? So that that's one thing that you know they, they they need to spend it to stay relevant to stay alive, right? So so it's not a silly question because the second well wait okay yeah. I'm sorry look I got to interrupt you because look look at what we did in 2020 what we're doing in 21 we're spending the same amount of capital right we're spending very similar amount of capital uh, and we added 
look, we ended it with 80 million in cash that, that we were building cash quarter after quarter after quarter after quarter. Um, cash continued to build up. It's, it's a great measurement to see. Uh, it's a great report card. Gold Dore bars, cash and bank account, great report card. We're spending on average the same amount of exploration capital at 20 million. So on the same year, but as you pointed out, double the amount of ounces here and escalating going from it uh, one, what is it? We're 120 to 140, 150 to 170. Yeah, but, but, so, but here's, the, here's the takeaway yeah. from that, Paul, which, which is talk about keeping the math simple. If you're producing the same amount of free cash flow um, without, without, without increasing the share count, there's 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 something quite exciting. If I'm an if I'm an investor in this company, that's what I'm looking for. Can you do that? Yeah. Look, look, we, we're self, the, this program is self-funded. Um, when you look at companies that are in the two hundred thousand ounce range, Matt, they're sitting in a market cap of one point two billion dollars, all the way up to one point nine billion dollars. I've had several bankers produce for us uh, several reports. It'll range anywhere from the low end $1.2 billion to $1.9 billion that are in that new category that we're heading to. Um, so can you get that? what, $550 million today? You $550 million somewhere. You That's, Look, it's a double, right? Uh, like I'm, I'm just, if you just look at where the others already are, we're getting there. We're going there. And do you believe us? Well, what have we done? Uh, you just look at what we've done. That's the best measurement to say, well, can they do it? Well, they've done it before. And look, I'm going to throw it out there. If you look back at my record from 2012 to 2017, it is almost identical to what we're going to do from 2021 to 2024. Those years, I went with a great team uh, from 60, 80,000 ounces a year, pushing up to that 200,000 ounces a year. So do I not believe we can do it? I'm actually, I'm very confident we can deliver it. Uh, we've got the assets in a great location, strong team. Um, in fact, this is even, we're set up, it's easier because we have, it's fully funded here. This is fully self-funded where the last time I did it in my career a decade ago, it wasn't fully funded. So let's, let's say 2024, you, you hit those numbers and you are self-funding, properly self-funding. You haven't gone back to the market. Share count's the same. You, you're throwing off cash. What happens next? I mean, what, 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 do you, what do you do? Do you go off and start buying stuff because you've got a lot of cash? Do we start paying dividends? I mean, what, what happens? Yeah, look, um, first we got to get there, man. It's an aggressive three years. Let's, let's not underestimate that, right? Let's, let's be real here. Um, I've got two years under my belt here. They've been transformational years. These next three years um, are also going to be transformational. People are going to get stretched. I'm going to get stretched. Everybody's going to get stretched. Um, so let us let us get this across the bow and under our belts, and, and we'll look at what opportunities exist here. Um, but we'll we'll explore things that are accretive for our shareholders. And as you're as we're delivering this, and cash is on the balance sheet. Opportunities arise, opportunities present themselves, and we could be in a unique position to take advantage of opportunities. Um, so we'll, we'll always explore opportunities that are creative for our shareholders. You said to me- As we're growing through this. Cool, you said to me, 
we want $1 to be spent to become $3, become $5. You said that to me a couple of, a couple of interviews ago, right? And yeah, for every dollar spent, we'd love to see $3. Right? So, but I'm also conscious that when money comes along, people start doing dumb stuff. So, you know, company, I see companies producing cash and then going off and buying expensive assets, which don't have the same sorts of return profile because we look for growth companies. Growth companies doesn't mean, oh, we're producing lots of ounces, but we're not making much money. Growth companies are companies which have found ways of becoming more and more profitable. And, you know, that doing two things for shareholders. One, the share price continues to grow as a result. And two, maybe there's a dividend coming down the line. So you must have some sort of sense of what you do, because when you come a big company, you have a different set of problems. It's relentless, but you have a different set of problems, right? Yeah, look, um, we, we're always going to be looking at the one plus one equals three, and they exist. Let's just look at the Higginsville acquisition. That's a perfect example of one plus one equals three. We had Beta Hunt, they had Higginsville. We married those two assets together. We had Higginsville that was a struggling asset, single asset on its own, that was accepting feed from alternative sources. It was toll milling for other clients. Um, the end of the day, it wasn't doing so well on its own. And we had our beta hunt asset. And look, we were talking about at the beginning, we were negative $8.7 million of working capital. You put those two assets together and look at the result is two years later. Um, the results speak for themselves. Consistent production, reliable. Um, so those types of opportunities exist. Now, you, you touched on a dividend. I, I would never, ever say that that's not in, in the future, I'd say we should explore that. We, we need to look at a dividend and um, uh, evaluate if that's the right thing to do. I, I would never say no to a dividend. In fact, I always wanted to give a dividend before in my previous company and I never got there. So if I can get there with our team and our board, uh, nothing would make me happier actually. I would, I would enjoy doing that, consistently giving that. So. Um, our biggest focus, Matt, is going to be on making sure that we, we don't fumble the ball and we deliver this. There's, there's a lot. It's a simple plan, but there's a lot of moving steps to this. There's making sure things get done, ordered on time, start dates are achieved. We meet our milestones. We don't overspend. How many capital projects today you see overspend, overspend? Uh, and that's another reason why being here, you can help manage that overspending. You can really, really tighten the belt and understand where our costs are going and make sure that we deliver on, on those costs. So, Okay. And yeah. just, just, just in terms of, you know, sometimes these things are also about timing. And, you know, there's no doubt that it's, it's a better environment now than back in 2019 for gold, especially in Australia. Um, but also grade, it seems to be, increasing the average grade seems to be increasing are you you're not high grading this thing it's just what you're seeing is it or are you trying are you trying to just you know show the best picture no we're i, I look i'll tell you bottom full full stop we are certainly not high grading this deposit we've been mining the average grade but look some of the areas that we're going to be mining in the future like larkin are simply better grade um we're drilling it. We're drilling it now. It was discovered last year. We're going to be mining it. We're going to be into it. We're going to be developing into it Q3, Q4. We're going to be stoping into that in the first half of 2022. Spargos, um, that's also better grade 
than the average grade of our underground beta hunt mine. Our average grade of hunt, average grade of beta hunt is about 2.6. But because it's so wide uh, and we can mine tons, we make good money at it. We make really decent money. We don't have to backfill our trucking costs are lower. We make decent money at it. The areas that we got coming up the pipeline are better grades. In fact, that's why we're not mining. People have asked me, why aren't you mining a million ounces of Mount Henry? What are you going to do with it, Paul? That seems like a logical thing. You got it right down south. And, and as a reminder, when we bought Higginsville, that's where the former company was mining. They were mining from Mount Henry. They weren't mining from up north in Baloo. It wasn't set up yet. So we stopped mining from Mount Henry, started mining from Baloo, and started mining from our beta hunt, feeding that plant. So we've got a million ounces to the south of us that we have to just understand. And at the end of the day, grade is king. Grade is king. Our grade, the reason we're not putting the Mount Henry into that plan is because we've got better grades. And that resource and reserve that we presented We've got better grades. So we're going to take advantage of those areas and mine the higher margin stuff for our shareholders and get it to the plant faster. So um, grade is certainly king for us as we deliver this plant. So in, in terms of the next, in terms of mining plan, where's the next, is that where the next million ounces of reserve is going to come from? Yeah, look, um, we're spending $80 million. That, that, that I cannot predict. Um, that $80 million, I will not be surprised only because this 1,900 square kilometer that we are now, that we now own, is the largest land package that's not owned by a major that's been, hasn't been drilled since us last year. And we had three new discoveries last year. So this land package, 1,900 square kilometers, hasn't been touched because of the massive royalties that existed on it. Why would anybody take $80 million and spend it on a royalty? Just to, I, I call it social mining. You're mining just for the fun of it to create work and create more headaches and to give 90% of the profits to the royalty holders. So that's cleaned up. So the million ounces at Mount Henry is there. It'll remain there. We'll, we'll gain future understanding. But we've got $80 million we're spending in four years. We've got a, already a discovery at Lake Cowan. They're not targets. They're a discovery. We've got the three new discoveries we had last year. We've put a focus team on our nickel. Um, look, Beta Hunt has such a differentiator with the nickel. You know, we, we talked about it a bit, $35, $45 an ounce. But the truth is, if gold comes back and settles back down, we have nickel there that we can use to offset our, our costs now, I, I talked about it, it was 2.9% is what our average grade is. We've seen grades in excess of 10%. So you start doing the math, if we can start adding a lot of nickel to this, and what if we get to $100 an ounce saving every quarter, if we can get to that magic 100 or better uh, an ounce saving, uh, we're doing our shareholders a lot of service. We're de-risking this asset. We're taking an asset and we're not so dependent on metal price. So when, when you're a gold company and gold prices drop down, you have one, one thing to go to, grade. When you're a gold company and you have nickel credits and byproduct, you have optionality for your shareholders. And it's a differentiator. Um, I worked at a mine seven years that had silver as a byproduct credit. We were producing gold at $98 an ounce all in cost. It was an amazing time in my career. 
Um, but we used all those silver credits to offset our mining costs. We have a lot of potential here that's, that we're, we, we're starting. We got a tiger by the tail with the nickel. We got a tiger by the tail with the, the coarse gold. We've got a tiger by the tail with the upsize and scaling up of beta hunt. Um, we've just got a very bright future. We've got a smaller market cap today. We're going to 200,000 ounces a year, fully funded. I don't know, my ears are even warm. I think my blood pressure is warming up because I think I'm, I'm getting so passionate about this. And, and I know it's probably an hour into it. I probably put people to sleep, but if you're no, staying no, awake no, we're for good. it, we're, we're surely charged to get this done. I'm surprised you haven't mentioned warrants. Yes, 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 that's right. We did, you're right, actually. Um, we did the financing in September of 18, September, no, September of 19, sorry. I was trying to get my years right. Those warrants are due this quarter, actually. That's an extra oof, 11 to $12 million. Those warrants are all in the money. They will get exercised this quarter. Um, we're very confident about that because they're so far into the money. That's a good injection of cash for us um, that's coming in into our treasury this quarter. So, yeah. Nice, right? So, so glad you reminded me. Thank you very much. Um, I will also remind you about the other flip side of that is you've got 30 million of debt. What are you doing with it? Yeah, we do. Uh, look, now that we've put out our growth plan, we've shared that with a lot of bankers. Um, we, we, want, we want to put together a really good debt facility for ourselves. Uh, we're going to restructure the debt. When we, when we got the debt, we had no production. We, we didn't have a mill, but no production. So we were asking people to trust us and people did believe in us, um, but they said, look, the risk profile is higher, Mr. Hewitt, and as such, we're gonna charge you 10%. Now, they didn't make us hedge anything. Last year, we got term sheets from people. Everybody wanted us to hedge things. Every person, every group that put together a term sheet for us said, we're gonna force you to hedge 30, 40% of your production. And we, we, we resisted, we said, no. Um, our shareholders, we've spoken to them time and time again, and most of them use us as a hedge. Uh, they've clearly, clearly said to us on numerous occasions, do not hedge your gold, Paul. You don't have to. Uh, you don't have a major capital construction thing going, so don't hedge any gold. Um, so we, we, we refused all those term sheets last year. This year, we've got different term sheets that support our growth plan, that don't require any hedging that we're evaluating and um, give us a couple months, give us a couple months and, and we're gonna look at um, restructuring that and possibly putting some kind of line of credit behind it. But look, the best time to get money, Matt, is when you don't need it. Um, look, in my career, I've seen some people or juniors desperate for money and, and when they need it the most, that's the hardest time to get it. And the people who are lending it know that. Um, in our case, uh, we don't need any money. Now is the best time to put in uh, facilities to protect ourselves down the road and our shareholders. Right. So quite simply, you're saying you'll refinance the debt on better terms. So you'll save money. 
Yeah, you know, why didn't I just say that? Because I don't um, know. it would have been a lot easier to answer. Right? Yeah, you know, <laughs> I, I must be getting tired here. <laughs> well, it is. It is. It's getting to late afternoon now. I'm sure you've had a long day of it. Look, Paul, uh, brilliant to catch up with you. Great news on the growth plan. I really appreciate um, your time today. I'll put the link to the um, the article that you guys put out, the news release you put out about the growth plan, because uh, I'm sure you'll be people will be asking you all all the obvious questions on that. Um, but I, what I wanted to get into is what's going on up here. Can I expect more of the same in terms of the what you've done the last two years in terms of delivering that growth plan? Um, I look forward to staying in touch and seeing how you get on. Thank you. All right, Matt. All the best to you, your family, and to everyone, all our shareholders. Thank you very much. And hope you're all being safe with this COVID. And all the best. Take care. Thank you for listening. If you've enjoyed the interview, why not subscribe to Cruxcast or our website, cruxinvestor.com, and of course, our YouTube channel, Crux Investor. Plus, you can catch us most days on Twitter and LinkedIn. We really love getting your feedback, so please keep it coming, and we'll speak to you again soon.